Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What a world we live in. Not just one, but two programs from the state of New Jersey are ranked in the top 25. And not only that, there's a program that plays in the state of New Jersey who I think is Final Four good and might be national championship good if things go a certain way. So I know we're a couple of weeks away from Selection Sunday, but to kind of give everybody a little crash course, a little introductory to the college hoop season, we welcome in the czar of college hoops, my good friend Zach Braziller. Of the New York Post. He joins us. He was out at the Prudential Center Wednesday night for yet another Seton Hall win. Zach, how are you, my friend? What's shaking, bro? What's up, JJ? I'm, I'm going I'm to tell Kevin Willard you're talking national championship. I, I don't think he's going to like that. Oh, I'm sure he's not. Listen, he's a coach. He understands it's game by game. It's goal by goal. But let's call it like it is with Seton Hall. In a year in which it is wide open in college basketball, where I know some will make the argument that Baylor's a great team or that Gonzaga is a great team, but I look at it as a wide open year. You got one of the best players in the country. You got a lot of experience. You've beaten all these great teams throughout the year. Zach, if I'm a Seton Hall fan, I am thinking big things. I'm thinking Big East title. I'm thinking high seed in the tournament. I am dreaming big. Inside going into the month of February, why the hell not? No, I mean absolutely. It 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 couldn't have, you know, you couldn't have mapped it out any better for Seton Hall. You know, if you want to be really good, this is the perfect year. Like you said, there are no great teams. You have the second weekend of the East Regional at the Garden. You have Albany the first weekend. It's it's really shaping up to be perfect for them. And this team is now sixteen and four. They're eight and zero in the Big East. They're a game up on Villanova. They've won 10 in a row, first time they've done that since 1993. And the thing that impresses me the most about them is instead of winning games now, they're not even playing that well. You know, they, 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 they were really sluggish tonight against the Paul. They found a way to win. They were down at the half against St. John's uh, a few weeks ago, found a way to win. They're down at 10 at Butler, found a way to win. This team is really tough, which is obviously so important in March. And now they just got back their starting power forward, uh, Sandro Mamu Kalash Bealy. His name is. Very difficult. I think I... I was going to say, try to say that 10 times fast. Have fun. So he, he's been... And that's the most impressive thing. They've won 10 in a row, and he's missed all these games. And he's their second-best player. And, you know, it's going to take him a little while to get back. You know, a little slow. He had a broken wrist. And, you know, he only played five minutes today. But getting him back is huge just because he's a he's a big guy who can, who can shoot, who can create. He's a good rebounder. He blocks shots. You know, this is a very big team. This team could also play small. You know, it's it's a team that absolutely can make a Final Four. I don't think there's any doubt about it. You hit on something that I noticed watching this game against DePaul, and I was into it on Wednesday night, Zach. I don't think Seton Hall played their best. They were terrible from the foul line. They did not shoot the ball particularly well. I think DePaul has a better coach. They find a way to win the game, quite frankly. But again, if you're going to give a team that is as tough as Seton Hall an opportunity to seize a Big East win, they're going to take it. 
And I think that behooves them very well going into the tournament because this team has been through Big East wars. They've been through NCAA tournament wars. And now I would look at their season as a whole. Zach, if they don't find their way to the second weekend of the tournament, that is going to be a massive, massive disappointment. No, I mean, you started the year, you know, they were preseason ranked 12 in the country. And that was the, the basic thing. They have to get to the Sweet 16. I don't even know if getting to the Sweet 16 is enough, to be honest. You know, I mean, right now, most of the bracketologists have them as a two seed. You know, they have, they have uh, seven quadrant one wins. They've, they've beaten Maryland. They've beaten Butler. You know, they, they were right. They, they should have beat Oregon and Michigan State. They blew late leads in those two games. I mean, they've clearly proven they could beat anyone in the country. And look, as long as they don't really stub their toe, as long as they just play reasonably well the rest of the year, I think they're, they're headed to the East Regional. I think they're headed to be a two or three seed. And if you're going to be that kind of a seed, you should get to the Sweet 16 and maybe even better. I mean, I think this, this is a team that should at least make the Elite Eight as long as nothing drastic changes. But look, this is a season just, if you're a Seton Hall fan, that you just got to be loving every bit of it. I mean, it, this is, you're not Duke, you're not Kentucky. You don't have these great years. You know, you don't have these high expectations all the time. And they're having one of those seasons as a, as a fan you dream about. You know, since I've started covering college basketball, this is by far the best team that I've covered, whether you're talking Seton Hall, St. John's, or any you know anyone in, in this area. I think March is going to be a lot of fun for them. Now we get to the other team in the state of New Jersey, and I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't bring up what they've been doing. How about Steve Peichel and Rutgers? You know this, Zach. It has been a wasteland. I'm not sugarcoating this. I'm not beating around the bush. Rutgers has been viewed as a wasteland in college basketball. It has been viewed as a dead-end job where nobody has a chance to be successful. Now you see Steve Peichel coming in, hitting the ground running, getting players to stay in the state of New Jersey, and now he's got Rutgers in the top 25. What kind of world are we living in? Well, he's, he's done a great job. He's a terrific coach. They really play defense. They're tough. They're well-coached. The one thing I'm going to say, look, I think they're making the tournament. I don't think there's any doubt. It'll be the first time since 1991. Now, their resume is not that good. They have two quadrant one wins. They have one win away from the build, away from the rack, where they are undefeated. But the NCAA tournament's not played at the rack. The Big Ten tournament's not played at the rack. They have a lot of tough road games coming up. I think they're making the tournament, but based on what they've done on the road where they've really struggled, and they, you know, they still have to go to Ohio State, they have to go to Maryland, they have to go to Purdue, they have to go to Wisconsin. I think they're probably looking at around an eight or a nine seed when all is said and done. But just to get in the tournament would be such a such a big deal for that program and, and you know for and for Rutgers fans. Like you said, I mean, it's, look. 1991 is the last time they've they they uh, made the tournament. I think it was 1979 was the last time they were ranked. You know they're doing things that Rutgers fans I don't think could have even dreamed of. I, I thought this year was likely a probably an NIT season. And look, they've really stunned a lot of people with just just what they've been able to do. Would you say Zach the Big Ten Rutgers league best league in college basketball? I think it's the deepest league. I don't think there's any question it's the deepest league. Some people think they can get as many as 10 or even 11 teams in the tournament. I don't know if it's that good at the top, though. I, I like Michigan State. I know Iowa's capable. Penn State's had some nice moments. But I, I'm not sure if you're looking at more than one or two teams in the second weekend. I, 
you know, I watch a lot of these teams, the Indianas, the Minnesotas, even the Wisconsin's, and I'm not blown away, but I don't think there's any doubt that the depth of this league is clearly the best in the country. We got Zach Brazil of the New York Post, and we're putting Zach on because we're moving closer to February. We got two Jersey teams in the top 25 at this point, and Zach, it looked like St. John's had a chance to be relevant and I looked at them with limited expectations going into the year. New coach coming in, tough league, you name it. They had two very impressive wins in a non-conference. Have not seen that success carry over into conference play. Do you see St. John's kind of hanging around on the bubble throughout the month of February? Or is this a team that's going to be pretty much destined, guaranteed, to be in the NIT? Yeah, I look, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought the NIT would be a great year. I know they, they, they had those two great wins over West Virginia and Arizona, and maybe people got a little carried away. But I think what we have to all remember here, they lost Shmory Pons, Justin Five, and Marvin Clark, three of their best players from last year. They're playing a lot of young guys. They're playing a lot of guys where Big East basketball is new to them. They're two, the two guys you thought were given, Mustafa Heron and L.J. Figueroa, have been very inconsistent scoring the ball, which is really what, where, they, where this team struggles offensively, um, you know, so I'm not that surprised. I, I, I still think the NIT is very possible. I still think they can win six to seven league games, but I think the NCAA is just asking way too much. You know, look, Mike Anderson's a really good coach. He has this style of playing, you know, up and down and pressing and 40 minutes of hell, and he's, he's got to get his guys in there. He's got to get his kind of players in there. It's going to take time. You know, look at look at Pythel and Rutgers. This is his fourth season now. And I I think Anderson is the perfect guy for this program. He's the first real coach they've had in a long time. This guy's won everywhere. He's gonna win here. It's just gonna it's gonna take patience and it's gonna take time. And you know, they their two league wins are over the pole. They they had Butler and Seattle Hall both beat in their building and couldn't finish the games off. I still think they'll win some home games. Um, like I said, I think they're gonna get to six league wins. But I, I think fans need to just kind of settle in and just accept, hey, 17 wins in the NIT would be a really nice year. Zach, does it hurt college basketball, in your opinion, not having a Zion-like talent there? Because, yeah, there's some NBA prospects, but Wiseman ends up going into the NBA. There isn't that guy that, like, you're dying to see night after night. Cole Anthony's been MIA for North Carolina. So does it hurt? college basketball and the attention and the popularity of the sport throughout the regular season, not having that must-see attraction? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it clearly hurts. I mean, the more talented players that are playing, the better. But I also think this is the reality we're going to have soon when the one-and-done rule ends. It's going to be more about experience and it's going to be about, you know, recruiting smartly and, you know, playing together and, and you know, really forming strong teams that, that bond and develop over time because soon none of these guys are going to be playing at the college. What, this one and done rule, which I guess a few years were a few years away from it being over. I think this is kind of a preview of, of what college has to really like. And I don't think it's that bad. You know, I, I, I think parity is a good thing. I mean, we all love the NCAA tournament and what makes the NCAA tournament great is upsets. And I think this year it's going to be a great tournament because, it's gonna. There's there's just so much depth and so much balance. I mean, you couldn't tell me one team in the country, 
if they didn't make the Final Four, that would surprise you. And I don't want to hear Gonzaga because they haven't played anyone to December. I don't want to hear San Diego State because they haven't played anyone either. So the teams that have the longest winning streaks basically are doing it because they're playing vastly inferior competition. You want to maybe give me Kansas, but even that to me wouldn't surprise me. You know, there, there isn't one team that if they don't make Final Four it would be a shock, and that to me is good for college basketball. That's good for the tournament. You know, it, 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 it's bet, it, it's kind of a stark contrast. I wrote this recently to college football. We know everyone who's going to be in the playoff basically every year. We know it's Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama. I know Alabama didn't make it this year. That was an anomaly. And to me, it takes away from the regular season because basically everyone, you have three or four teams are playing for a championship every year, and everyone else is playing to be in meaningless exhibition bowl games. So I like the, the depth, and I like the parity. And I think people just have to accept this is what college basketball is going to be. Zach Brazil joins us as we move closer and closer to February and March. And life is good right now if you're a fan of a team that's in the state of New Jersey. But for my school, Zach, I'm coming off a heartbreaker. I don't think there's any question. But I didn't think I was going to have a college basketball season. It looked like Syracuse was going to be dead to rights in November, right around 500. They have a massive game against Duke. They're in a much weaker ACC than usual. Syracuse right now, who's got six conference wins, looking for the marquee win. What's their path for me being giddy on Selection Sunday when you're in studio? Uh, How do they find their way into the big dance? I mean, look, we all know the ACC is way down. There are three big-time teams, Duke, um, Louisville, Florida State. Syracuse has to beat at least one, if not two of them. And, you know, one of those wins can come in the, tor- in the ACC tournament that doesn't have to come in the regular season. To me, they need two wins against – they need two marquee wins unless they just go on a huge run and really stack wins. But they really need to enhance that resume. And that, to me, is you got to get a Duke, a, a, a Florida State, or a Louisville win. And I really think Saturday, you're at the Dome. Saturday is a great opportunity to really thrust yourself onto the bubble and really get – get the bracketologist talking about Syracuse. If you win that game against Duke, I know you lost at Clemson, but it's a road game. Syracuse has won a lot of road games. Like Clemson is horrible. Win Saturday, and I think you really start to get in the mix. And I, I think it's a winnable game. I, I don't think Duke will be that big of a favorite. I don't think Duke's that good. I, I mean, they're good. They're not great. They're beatable. And I think that's the key. But I also say, you could deal with some heartbreak being a Yankee fan. Yeah, well, listen, I don't want you to go there. I mean, heartbreak, come on. Uh, you got to bring up my years as a Miami Dolphins fan and my years as a New York Knickerbocker fan. I got to at least have one competent team year in and year out, Zach. Come uh, on, bro. They're going to win 115 games this year. Well, I don't know about that. I think they're going to win a lot of games. 115 might be pushing it. All right, before we get you out of here, San Diego State, Dayton. Who's more legitimate? I have barely seen either team, full disclosure. They're going to be on the to-do list throughout the month of February. They're both in the top ten. Who has been better by the Brazil or I test? I'd probably lean a little in San Diego State's favor just because how good they are defensively. I mean, they absolutely shut down Creighton, who's a very good offensive team. I know Dane's got the better play, got has the best player between the two with Obi Topin, but I just I just lean towards the way San Diego State defends. It's a team that's always defended well. And they're a terrific defensive team. I I probably lean towards them. Bay Ten is probably a better is a better league than than, than San Diego State League. 
but I would just I just think that defense really really travels. You know, when when you're talking about the NCAA tournament, but look, they're fascinating. Gonzaga's fascinating. Dayton's fascinating. Baylor's fascinating. I mean, these are teams we're talking about as one and two seeds. It's 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 wild. Instead of Kentucky and you know and Arizona and you know Duke will be a, a one or two most likely, but. It, we're talking about these teams that we're just not used to talking about as being high seeds, which to me is good. It's it's good to be to have different teams in the mix, and you know it's something we never get with college football, and that, that's why I love college basketball because everyone's got a shot. You know, they're even the you know the 16 seeds. Everyone everyone's got a sh- everyone gets a punch at Goliath, and that's. That's something that we really can't say in uh, in college football. One of my all-time favorites, Zach Brazilor of the New York Post. He's going to have a very busy February, March, and April. Zach, buckle up, bro. I'm looking forward to it. JJ, have a good one. There you have it. Zach Brazilor of the New York Post. Good perspective there on the locals right now who are thriving every which way, especially the ones coming out of the state of New Jersey. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.